0: Hi, I'm Danny Simon, and I lead the New Life Fellowship Church here at Manipal. I'm so glad that you tuned in with us today to listen to our audio podcast. Do subscribe so that you can tune in every week. You know, I believe that a spoken word can change lives. And my prayer and my hope is that as you listen to today's message, it will change your life as you know it. Enjoy the message. We're in the midst of the series. What's it called? It's called losing to win. All right. Over the last couple of maybe three weeks today, we are in week four. We've been looking at this whole concept of losing to win. Okay. And let me just do a quick recap, okay, for all of us, you know, who wants to remember for the benefit of those who are you know joining us for the first time as well in this series. Okay. This whole concept of losing is not a popular term today in the world. I mean, think about it. Do you like to lose? Or to ask yourself the question, do you like to lose in anything that you put your hands into? Let it be, you know, your studies, let it be your careers, let it be a relationship, let it be anything that you put your hands into. Do you like to lose in that? We don't. But here's the concept that, you know, that we've been looking at over the last couple of weeks. Losing is a concept that we need to learn to embrace. Okay, why do I say that? Okay, the example that I've been giving over the last couple of weeks, an athlete recognizes this. What do I mean by that? An athlete, you know, when, when let's say, you know, they're, they're participating in the Olympics and they're looking for that gold medal, right? Okay, what do they do? They know that in order to win on that platform, in order to win on that stage of the Olympics, they're going to have to learn to lose some things if they're going to get to the top. Think about it. An athlete knows that he, he or she has to lose a lot of calories if they want to go up there. If they want to compete there, they know that they've got to burn a lot of calories, they've got to lose out, shed out a lot of weight. They know that they have to lose hours of sleep. Some of you know what it means to lose hours of sleep. Exam time? Hello? Okay, you sit up the whole night. I mean, I remember as a college student, I used to sit up the whole night. Okay, why? Because you know that, man, tomorrow is the exam. You know that I've got to sacrifice a few hours of sleep tonight so that I can write my exam well and I can get good marks. I don't, at least for my sake. I mean, I'm sure you guys are smart students. Okay, For my sake, it was like I should not fail. I should just somehow pass. Okay. But an athlete understands that. Listen, I've got to lose my calories. I've got to lose my hours of sleep. And guess what? I've got to lose the parties and the fun hours that I can spend with my friends. Why? Because I need more time to prepare, to train, to you know, win on this platform that I'm competing on. An athlete understands that and that's what I'm saying you know but somehow you know when you look into the world today this whole concept of losing has been omitted you know from the vocabulary they're trying to you know subdue losing and like I said a couple of weeks back you know if you remember you know the popular concept that's going around in the world today win-win situation heard that okay you win I win you know nobody is a loser here but back in my school days you know I remember growing up okay there was always a winner and there was always a loser but somehow today the concept of being a loser or being losing is something that you know nobody wants to embrace. I'm a winner, you're a winner, we are all winners in this whole race. But here's the concept that we need to grasp. In order to win, we need to learn how to lose. And that's what the series has been about. And we've been looking at, you know, what Jesus has been talking about, this concept. Like I said, he didn't, you know, make up a story around it, he didn't fancy introduce it, he gave it directly to the point. This is what it is at the end of the day. You know what's interesting? (laughs) We sang a song this morning. Okay, for me, you know, whenever I sing that song, you know why it's so, it really hits me, you know why? Because that's a song that I learned when I was growing up in my VBS. Anyone remembers VBS, Vacation Bible School, right? And and, uh, Sunday School, okay? I have decided, come on, complete it for me. Jesus, and then what? No turning back. No turning back. And I wonder how many of us are willing to come to that place saying, Listen, Lord, I want to just take my steps forward and forward for you. And I never want to turn back for your sake. And you know what Jesus is saying? If you're willing to do that, you're not going to lose out on anything. You're going to gain. You're going to save your life. You're going to gain. And you're going to see a tremendous amount of blessing that's going to come in your life. Here's the truth. Okay. The last couple of weeks, you know, we looked at two very specific things, okay, and today I want to look at another specific thing that happens as a result of choosing to, you know, move forward with Christ and choosing to say no to the things of the world. We looked, you know, the first week, I mean, I think it was the second week, we looked at the fact that, listen, if you're willing to follow Jesus, if you're willing to give up, okay, we're not holding on to anything, we're just willing to let go of the things that we think we're holding on to we move into another level of our relationship with the Lord Jesus. That's what we looked at week one. Week two, you know, we looked at the fact that, listen, I mean, last week we looked at this idea that if we are willing to let go of the things that we're holding on to, if you are willing to give up on the things that we seem to be holding on to, some of those relationships, some of those, you know, career goals or pursuing, you know, some of the things that is there in the world, if you're willing to give up those things, what happens? You experience the miraculous like you've never seen it before, okay? Today, I want to focus on something else. When you choose to let go, when you choose to, you know, holding on, maybe it could be a relationship that you're holding on to. You think that, man, I can't let go of this relationship because, man, it's so close to me. I like this person. I, You know, I really, I'm, I really adore the times that I've spent with this person. And you find it difficult to let go. You find it difficult to let go. But here's the truth. You know this more than I do. That if you don't let go of that relationship, it's going to be difficult for you to get closer to the Lord. Sometimes it could be a relationship that's holding you back from getting close to Jesus. Correct me if I'm wrong. Sometimes it could be some things that you're pursuing. Man, you could be an academician, okay? You're pursuing your academics and you want one degree after the degree after degree after degree. And many times, you know what we choose to do? We choose to, man, lose out on Jesus. We choose to lose out on church. We lose to choose out, lose out on all of the things of God so that, man, you can have more time for the things that you are actually pursuing for. And here's what God is saying. Listen. Are you willing to give that up? Are you willing to give that up for me? Because the truth is, and here's what I want us to catch. You know, today's message revolves around this. Okay. Here's what I want us to don't miss today. When you choose to give up the things that you're pursuing. And when you choose to say that, Lord, I'm going to follow you. I want that. But I'm going to deny myself of that. Because, you know, I know that I cannot go there and here at the same time. But I'm choosing you. You know what happens? He's going to bless you with more than what you have chosen. let go of. Alright. I want us to look at a passage of scripture. Okay. I mean, it's a story. It's a very familiar story. If you've grown up in church, if you've grown up in Sunday school, at some point, you've heard this story all the time. Alright. The story of this man called Abraham. How many of you heard the name of Abraham? Right. Abraham. Okay. Now, Abraham, okay, nutshell about the story. Abraham was a man who was called Abraham and his wife. His family was called out. Alright. When Bible says, you know, he was around 75 years old when he was called out of the place that he was in. He was not a believer. He had just, uh, what do you call it? Heard God's voice. Okay, he was worshipping other gods. There's proof of that in the scripture. But he followed God and God had promised him they had no children. Right? God had promised them that he would bless them with children. But you know, when Abraham's son was born, any Bible quiz, anybody knows that? When was Abraham's son Isaac born? When Abraham was 100 years old. Okay. So I want you to picture, you know, the situation that Abraham is in. Okay. Abraham has waited like 100 years to have his first son. Okay. I mean, we know the in between parts of the story. I won't go there. But I just want you to focus on this whole idea that listen, Abraham was waiting on the Lord for his son Isaac years together. So many years together. He was waiting and waiting. Okay, he's cried out to the Lord. Him and his wife Sarah, you know, they've cried out to the Lord. They've been waiting on the Lord. Do you think Abraham would have loved his son when he was born? Funny question, right? Do you think he would have loved his son? Abraham loved his son very, very much. Okay, and here's the context that we're going to pick up. I mean, I think you already recognize where we're going to go to, but I want you to just read through the scripture, okay? The challenge came in when God asked Abraham, for something impossible. Okay. Genesis chapter 22. Verse 1 to 3. We are just going to pick up reading from there. Now it came to pass. After these things. That God tested Abraham. And said to him. Abraham. And he said. Here I am. I want to stop right there. How many of you remember the last week's worship song? We sang this. Anybody remembers that? Last week's? Yeah. What does that line go? Here I am. Oh, Lord. Okay, it's a commitment. It's, you know, it's saying, look, Lord, I'm here for you. Anything that you ask of me, Lord, I want to do it for you. I want to serve you. I want to, you know, follow you all the days of my life. And when God calls out to Abraham. You know, Abraham doesn't resist. He just says, Lord, here I am. Okay, and you know the next scripture. Then he said, verse 2, take now your son. Now watch, watch how God puts it, okay? Take now your son, your only son, Isaac. Stop right. I mean, don't you think you know God knows this? Don't you think Abraham knows it? Don't you think Sarah knows this? That you know God has to really emphasize on this one fact that Abraham, I want to take your son, the only son that you have. Now, again, you know, you can say okay, maybe he was referring to Ishmael and all of those things. I don't want to go there, but I'm just saying you know, it's pretty evident that you know he had one son and he's saying at that point of time and he's saying, Listen, that only son Isaac, now what's this? Okay, whom you love. Why would God have to say something like that? Why would God have to emphasize? Or you know, take a highlighter and say that, you know that son? That only son that you have? One that you love? Look at what he says. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I shall tell you. I want you to picture yourself in Abraham's situation. If you were in Abraham's situation and you think God has told you this, What's the first thing that will run in your mind? I'll tell you what's run in my mind. Okay. I'm not sure that was God. I don't think that was God. You want me to, I mean, you promised me this child. Okay. I mean, I waited 100 years. So I cried out for you. You said, you know, you're going to bless, you know, my descendants and all of those blessings through the sun, Isaac. And now you're telling me that you need to. I think it's my thoughts. Ever been there? Okay, it's my thoughts versus it's God who's speaking. Have I been there? Okay, and I'm thinking maybe Abraham is thinking like that. At least I know I would. Here's what I would have told our Lord, if that's really you. Show me a sign. Show me a confirmation. Show me, you know, that this is what you want me to do. How many of you have done that? I would. I know many times, you know, when God speaks to me, I feel like God is speaking to me. I tell God, you have to confirm this or you have to show a sign that this is really you and this is what you want me to do. You know what's interesting about Abraham? You know what's interesting about Abraham? Verse 3. So. So. You know, so. Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering, and arose and went to the place which God had told him. God speaks. Next morning, he packs his stuff. And I'm thinking, you know, I mean, If you're married, you understand this, okay? I was wondering what was the conversation that's happening between the husband and the wife that night. Okay. Okay, at least we have two husbands here. And I'm thinking, you're out of your mind. You think that was God, that was not God, that is you. You're going to kill our only son. Yeah, God said that. The son that we love, God said that too. And you just want to take him and, you know, do... You're crazy, I'm not going to let you do that. Don't you think Sarah would have probably resisted at some point, saying, ah, Abram, are you sure? Nowhere does it say anything like that. Nowhere, you know, do you see Abram trying to logically rationalize this entire thing. Nowhere do you see that Abram is trying to think that, man, is this really God? Is this, you know, just me thinking, you know, random things in my mind? Nowhere do you see any of those things. Just the next morning, you know, he says, Lord, here I am. And he says, listen, that son of yours, that only son of yours, the son that you love, I want you to take him and sacrifice him tomorrow to a place that I'm going to show you. And next day morning, you know, he doesn't waste his time. He doesn't think about it. He doesn't, you know, say, okay, maybe two days later, God might change his mind. Nothing. He just saddles up his donkey, takes his son, takes two young men and goes to the place where God has called him to go. I wonder... This morning How many of us Would do something like that When you know What God has told you to do When you know That this is what God has asked you to do How many times Have we sat up And negotiated with God God maybe Maybe you know Maybe you would give me Some leeway Maybe you would you know Maybe create some Excuse or something Or the other Lord but this is happening Lord I don't think I can do this So many times You know we find ourselves In a place where we are Trying to negotiate with God Rather than looking At a God of obedience God is looking for Obedience from us Can I say that again? God is looking for unadulterated, unconfused obedience, total obedience from God. As a father, can I tell you this? I would love to see unquestionable obedience from my children. I would. I would, man. Do it. You know, I'm telling you, my, my sons, I've got three. Okay. Why? And... Isn't it true many times with God that's how we are? I said, Lord, why? Why? I mean, I'm telling you, listen, I told you, you know, sometime back before coming to Manipal, you know, this was a struggle that I had to go through with me and God. One whole night, I mean, I think I've shared this before. A whole night, you know, I literally wrestled with God and I said, Lord, Bangalore is comfortable. Manipal, there's nobody. I've got my support system here. I've got everybody that I know here. I've lived there for like, you know, almost 20 years and you're asking me to pack up my bags and go to a place where I don't know to a people that I have no idea about. And you want me to be in this completely unknown place? And God said, yes. And I stayed back for confirmation. I stayed back, you know, for other people's opinions about the whole thing. I stayed back for all of those things. But here's Abraham, one word from the Lord. He obediently, without asking, without, you know, anything, any confusion, he steps out to do what God had called him to do. And what's interesting is the following scriptures. Genesis chapter 22, verse 4 to 5. Then on the third day, so imagine, three days they've been walking. Who are walking? Abraham, two young men, and his son Isaac. Alright? And they've got the stuff, you know, for the offering. Third day, Abram lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. Verse five. What's this? Abram said to his young men, "Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back." Just to help you out, Bible quiz, okay? This is the first instance in the entire Bible where the word worship is mentioned, okay? But I want you to look at how Abram is referring to this entire process. He's saying to his young men, You guys stay here, me and Isaac, we're going up on the mountain. And what are you going there for? We're going there for worship. I don't have the scripture up there, but you know, Hebrews chapter 11 records about the whole idea that Abraham thought this sacrifice was going to happen. Nothing is going to change about, you know, this whole procedure of sacrifice. I don't have the scripture up on, but you can go back. Refer to Hebrews chapter eleven. Here's what you know—it's saying there that Abraham believed that God was able to resurrect his dead son Isaac from the dead, and that was the faith with which you know Abraham and Isaac was going up on the mountain. He believed that I had to kill my son, but God was going to resurrect him from the dead. But here's what I don't want us to miss: Abraham refers to this whole process as worship. And here's what I don't want us to miss as a part of this series. Abraham knew that he had to give up the only son that he had. The son that he loved so much. That relationship that he had cherished for years together. He was waiting for that relationship. He was holding on to that relationship. And here is God asking him to give up that relationship. And you know what he calls it? He calls it. He calls it worship. He defines it as worship. He doesn't say, listen, I'm going to go up for a sacrifice. He doesn't say, listen, I'm going to give up my son, you know, because God has asked me for it. He doesn't say, you know, put it on all those words. He refines it by one word. He calls it worship. Can I tell you this, church? Okay, I've been telling you a lot of things about what it means to lose. Okay, but here's what I want us to look at. When you choose to lose for the Lord, it is your act of worship before the Lord. When you choose to say that, listen, I don't want things of the world, yes, I desire it, yes, I like it, yes, I've been pursuing it, but Lord, for your sake, if I have to give that up, you know what God looks at it, you know what the Bible says it is? It is your act of worship before the Lord. I've I've said this so many times, you know, worship many times, you know, we think that worship is, you know, just a few slow songs at the beginning of the church service, right? You think that, man, you just sing a few slow songs, that's worship. Praise, praise are the fast-moving songs. Worship are the slow-moving songs. And you sing, you know, three of that, three of this, and bam, we're done with worship. Worship is a lot more than just singing a few songs Sunday morning. Worship is just, you know, more than just, you know, listening to a few songs of worship and feeling, you know, the presence of God. It's much more than that. Worship is an act of sacrifice. What is an act of sacrifice? It's sacrificing what you love, what you've been holding on to so dearly and saying that, Lord, I'm finding it difficult to let go. But Lord, if you want me to do this, if this is what you require of me, I'm willing to do that. And when God looks at that, you know what he's saying? That's your act of worship before me. Choosing to let go is an act of worship that you do before the Lord. And it's important. And that is what God is looking for. That's why, you know, when I said earlier, God is looking for complete obedience. You know what he's looking for? You say you worship me, but are you willing to let go of the things that you've been holding on to so dearly? And like I said, it could be a relationship. In Abraham's case, it was a relationship. And God is saying, you've got to give that up. For my sake, you've got to give that up. And Abraham said, that's my act of worship before the Lord. And I want to ask you this question this morning. What is it that you're still holding on to that you choose to refuse to let go? If you, if you remember, you know, this is the question that I've been asking for the last couple of weeks in this entire series. What is it that you're holding on to? What is it, you know, that you're pursuing so badly, so deeply that you know, man, I, I, I find it difficult to let go of this. I can't let go of this. I can't let go of those people, those friendships, you know, those those, those things, because man, if I let go of that, I don't know what's going to become of me. Anyone got a saying If you do that, for my sake, it's your act of worship before me. The Lord asked Abraham to give up his only son. I wonder what God is asking of me and of you this morning? What is it that you're holding on to? And I said, you know, two weeks ago, I said, listen, if you do not know what God is asking you to give up, the best prayer that you can do before the Lord is go before the Lord and ask the Lord, Lord, show me what I'm holding on to more than you and show me what I need to let go. But you know, when you pray that prayer, be careful. Because the revelation of what God is asking you to let go of what you've been holding on to, might be something that you find it very, very difficult to let go. Abram would have probably found this the most difficult sacrifice of his entire life. But he looks at it and says, Lord, if that's what you want, so be it. You know the rest of the story. Genesis chapter 29, 22, verse 9 to 12. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abram built an altar there and placed wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. I mean, you know this moment. Verse 11, But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. Can I just pause right there? Every minute, anytime. Lord, here I am. How many of us can actually say, I'm readily available for you, Lord? Anytime. Anytime. You know, whether it's in the peak of my tensions and I'm thinking what's running through Abram's mind as he's releasing the knife to slay what he loves so dearly. He's going to kill. And still he's so sensitive to listen to what his master is calling out to him for. And he's saying, Lord, here I am. Verse 12, and he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him for now I know, look at this, that you fear God since you have not, look at this now, since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Church, here's a question. What is it that you've refused to let go when it comes to the Lord? What is it that you refuse to let go when it comes to the things of the Lord? Are you still holding on to certain things because you think that, man, if I let go of those things, I'm not sure what my life is going to be like. It could be anything. It could be your career. It could be your finances. It could be, you know, certain friendships that you know you know that God is asking you to give up. But you're saying, man, if I let go of those things, there's some my security. I need to hold on to those things. I'm not sure, you know, I can move on or you know, tread forward in my life at any point. And I want you to ask, you know, the Holy Spirit, Lord, is there a things in my life that I'm holding on to that I refuse to let go? God calls out to Abraham here. He stops Abraham from doing that sacrifice and look at what he's saying. I know now you fear me. I've seen your worship, Abraham. I've seen, you know, what you do. I see you call out to me. I see you spend time in my presence. I see you spend time in my word. But I'm asking you, are you willing to let go of that thing or that person for my sake? And you know what he says here? Now I know that you're ready to do anything for me. you know what happens? When you come to this place, church, when you come into a place where you're willing to let go of those things and those people that you're really dearly holding on to, for the Lord's sake, you know what happens? Look at what happens to Abraham. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm skipping forward the story. You know the rest of the story. Okay. Genesis chapter 22, verse 15 to 18. Look at what happens to Abraham. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time. Out of heaven, after the sacrifice, you know, the Jehovah Jireh, I mean, you remember that passage, okay. Verse 16, and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing, because you have not withheld your son, your only son, verse 17, Blessing I will bless you, multiplying I will multiply your descendants, as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies, what's this, in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. We did this scripture, if some of you remember, you know, in our Bible study two weeks ago. Okay. Here's what God is saying. Because you've done this, because you know, you've not withheld, you're willing to give up, you're willing to sacrifice, you know, everything that you were holding on to. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you so much. And here's, here's something that I want us to look at. Okay, I put that statement up there. Okay. Choosing to lose the things that you're holding on to, what's this? It releases the blessings on your life and mine. When you're choosing to let go for the Lord, when you're saying, Lord, I'm not sure what this place looks like for me. When I let go of all those things that I'm holding on to, I'm not sure where I'm getting into. When you come into that place you know what happens you're releasing spiritually an open gateway for God's blessings to come into your life into your family into every single area of your life look at what you look at the blessing that God gives to Abraham come back to the scripture okay look at what he says verse 17 blessing i will bless you multiplying i'll multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and the sand which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemy you know what this gates of the enemy thing is Yeah, Bible study what was it? Do you know what possessing the gates of the enemy means? Who's the enemy? Who's the enemy? The devil Satan spiritual forces in the darkness right? You know what he's saying? You shall possess the gates of the enemy if there are things that you're struggling with addictions, bondages, you know, things that, you know, you've been asking the Lord for a breakthrough, but you've not been seeing that breakthrough. You've been wanting the Lord, you know, to see, perform miracles after miracles in your life. You're not able to see that. You know what he's saying? Listen, if the enemy has kept you bound in any of those areas that you're not able to see those things, you're going to see a release of those things happen in your life in Jesus name. I don't know if you know this morning, if there are addictions that we are struggling with, if there are bondages that we are in and somehow, you know, no matter how much we try to stay away from those things, we seem to keep going back. Here's a question that I want to ask you this morning. Are there things in your life that you're still holding on to that you've not let go and is that a reason why, you know, you're not able to see a breakthrough in your life because this verse says, my Bible says, that you shall be able to possess the gate of your enemies. One, when will you see that? When you're willing to not hold on to anything for dear life. When you're willing to let go of everything for the Lord, you shall see a breakthrough. You shall see, you know, bondage is being broken. You know, the gates, you know, I mean, I mean, we looked at this in the Bible study. What's a gate used for? A gate is an entrance. Unless you cannot enter, unless you that gate is open. If the gate is closed, you're shut outside or you're shut inside. A bondage is a place where you're stuck inside. The enemy has bound you. You just cannot get out. And what if, I just want you to think about this morning, church. What if the reason that you're in the bondage that you're in, You're in the addiction that you're in. You're not able to see a deliverance or a breakthrough in your life. What if that gate is closed and you're not able to get out of that gate simply because you're still holding on to certain things that God has asked you to let go of? Verse 18, In your seed, all the nations of this earth shall be blessed because, because why? Because why? Can you read that together? Because why? You've obeyed. Timeless. Choosing to lose, put that up, choosing to lose releases the blessings in my life and in yours. I want you to think about it. Okay. Now, many times, you know, we, 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 we find it difficult, you know, to be in this place because Like I said, you know, like I think it was in week two, we mentioned, you know, why we sometimes we don't let go. Okay, it's because of pride. Okay, why pride? Because you worked hard, you know, to get those things into your life. So you find it difficult when God says, man, you need to let go. And you're saying, no, I've worked hard for this. I've, you know, I've really, you know, slogged, you know, to get to where I am. I don't want to let go of these things. Okay, it could be many reasons why you're still holding on to. But here's a question that, you know, I want you to ponder about. Are you willing to pay the price of letting go? Okay. I wanted to show you quickly, okay, before we close, I want to show you quickly another person who understood this principle of choosing to lose for the Lord's sake. Okay. You ready? How many of you remember King David? King David? King David this time, okay, not the David the runner. Okay, King David... Okay, now, this is like probably, you know, the passage we we're going to read is somewhere towards the end of David's, you know, life kind of a thing. He has conquered many battles, he has won many victories and, you know, he did something wrong in the eyes of the Lord. He sends out, you know, for a survey, he numbers, you know, the number of people that was there in Israel. And God was displeased and God was planning to punish David, you know, for what he did. And David wanted to atone, okay, by giving a worship offering to the Lord. Okay, so we're going to pick up reading from First Chronicles chapter 21. Verse 17 to 18. From the life of David. And David said to God. Remember this is a prayer conversation David is having. Was it not I who commanded the people to be numbered? He's crying out before God. Lord was it not I who commanded the people to be numbered? I am the one who has sinned and done evil indeed. But these sheep Lord. What have they done? Let your hand I pray O Lord my God be against me and my father's house. And not against your people that they should be plagued. Verse 18. Therefore. The angel of the Lord commanded Gad, the prophet at that time, to say to David that David should go and erect an altar to the Lord, what's this now, on the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. So, you know, God tells David, all right, fine, you want to atone, you know, for the sin that you have done, fine, but you need to do a worship offering. And he tells him, this is the place where I want you to do the worship offering. You know why the story gets interesting? Some of you know the story, right? Okay, let's read further. 1 Chronicles 21, 21-26 to So David came to Ornan and Ornan looked and saw David and he went out from the threshing floor and bowed before David with his face to the ground. Why? Because David was the king. David said to Ornan, Grant me the place of this threshing floor that I may build an altar on it to the Lord. You shall grant it to me at the full price. Look at this Okay, Important. You shall grant it to me at the full price That the plague may be withdrawn from the people. You know what David is telling Onan? Listen, that place of yours, that threshing floor of yours, I want it. Alright? But I don't want it for free. We'll come back to that. I don't want it for free. I want you to charge me the full price that you would charge anybody for this particular place. Because I want to worship the Lord on this place. Why? Because God has told me to worship Him in this place. Look at what happens. Verse 23. But Onan said to David, Take it to yourself and let my Lord, the king, do what is good in his eyes. Look, I also give you the oxen for the burnt offerings, the threshing implements for wood and the wheat for the gain offering. I give it all. David, David, you're the king. You don't have to pay me anything. Take it all. In fact, you know what? Just don't take the threshing floor. I'll give you everything that you need, you know, for your worship offering. Everything. Just take it for free. You're the king. Don't give me anything for it. Look at what David says. Verse 24. Then King David said to Anan, No. No. But I will surely buy it for the full price. For, look at what he says. Why? Because I will not take what is yours for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings with that which costs me. I want to worship the Lord. I want to do it. And Ornan, I'm I'm glad that, you know, I'm grateful that you're giving all this to me for free. But hey, listen, I don't want to do something for the Lord that does not cost me something. I want to pay a price for it. Because here's, here's something that, you know, I want us to understand about worship. Worship requires you to pay a price for it. Worship requires you to pay a price for it. You know, it's not just, you know, man... Lord I praise you Lord I worship you man what is the price that you're paying for the cost of worship that you're offering to the Lord David understood this principle David said listen I'm not doing it for free free heard the word free how many of us you know jump at things when you hear that it's free Hmm? I mean you know like uh, maybe you're buying something and something free comes along with it do you buy it why because you get the free stuff right not because you really want it you just buy it anyways because, man, I'm getting that free thing along with it, right? We jump at the idea of free and David could have jumped at the idea of free. And I'm sure, you know, if we were in David's position here, we might have jumped at the idea of being free. Man, I don't have to pay anything for it. Oh, that's great. You know, Man, let me just go and worship the Lord. Lord, I worship you. Thank you. And in fact, you know what we would have done? Thank you, Lord, for giving this to me. Lord, you have opened the doors. Lord, I know this is from you, Lord. We would have gone on that gratif- great, gratitude walk for the Lord, right? Why? Because man, God, you gave me all of this and I can just use this to worship you. See the testimony that God. Think about all the things that we would have told, you know, people and everybody around us. You know what God has done in our life. But here's what David is saying. Listen, no, 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 no. There's a principle at work here, Ornan. You don't understand. I understand. I cannot, I can take it from you for free, I can thank God for the fact that you gave it to me for free, but I need to pay a price. Why? Because if I don't pay a price, I will not get the blessing release that I'm looking for from the Lord that comes as a result of the price that I paid for my worship. You need to understand this church. Listen, God is looking for that commitment. God is looking, what are you sacrificing? And can I tell you something? Many times, you know, when we give up things for the Lord, we think that, man, I'm losing out on an opportunity. I'm missing out on these things. and Man, I'm never going to get these things again in my life. But can I tell you something? God is watching everything that you're sacrificing. Maybe nobody sees it. Maybe you think that, man, nobody knows the amount of pain and the sacrifice that I've gone through to come into this place of worship. Maybe you think that nobody, but can I tell you something? God in his heavenly realm is watching what you're doing for him. And you need to understand that. And you have to embrace the fact that David knew more than anybody else. Listen, Abraham has seen that blessing simply because he did not withhold his only son from the Lord. And here God is asking me to pay a price and I will pay the full price. for. I don't want any discount. No bargaining, nothing. I want to pay the whole price for it. Why? Because it's going to release a tremendous amount of blessing into my life, into the life of my children, into the life of my children's children, and everything that I know. Do you know why the Lord wants a heavy commitment from us? I know this is heavy. Okay, probably in all the messages that we've looked at over this, in this series, this is probably the heaviest. Because this is asking each and every one of us for a deeper commitment and a heavy cost to pay. Do you know why God wants a heavy commitment and a heavy price that you pay for? Do you know why? Anybody? Think about it. Why do you think God is asking for a serious commitment and a heavy price that you should pay to see the blessing come into your life? Do you know why? Because He did the first step. He did. He paid a heavy price. He paid a very heavy price for me and for you that today, the privileges that we enjoy as His children, the privileges that we can just come into His presence so openly and freely. He paid a very, very heavy price. Why? Because He was serious about His relationship with us. And too many times, you know what? We take it for granted. We take it like, man, ah, it's okay. You know, I've sinned. I've done something wrong. I've not touched my Bible, you know, last Sunday. Now this Sunday, I've opened my Bible. I've not said, I don't know where my Bible is. I even go to the phone for it. It doesn't matter. Because God is a graceful God. God is a compassionate God. God will forgive me. It's true. God will forgive you. But you know why he forgives you? Because somebody was willing to pay a heavy price so that me and you could enjoy that privilege of being where we are today. And he doesn't want us to belittle it. He doesn't want us to, you know, look and say that, Oh, Church, here's the question. What are we willing to pay? the price for. You want to see God move in your life. You want to see the blessings of God come into your life. Listen, what is it that you're willing to choose for His sake? And you know what Jesus promises? It's a promise now. All this time, you know, all this time in the series, I was saying that it's, you know, it's a principle, it's a principle. I'm telling you, it's a promise. If you understand the essence of what the promise is, when you choose to let go for the Lord, you will see a release of blessings after blessings, not only in your life, but in your generations, in your family, everywhere, and everyone that is related to you. But it starts with paying the price that you have to pay it. And the question that I want to still play pondering you know, we, we're going to close the series next week. We are. So you might be thinking, oh man, today was so heavy. I don't know what next week's. Don't worry. Okay. But this is the prize that Jesus is looking for us from his committed followers. It's so easy to say, I follow Jesus. It's so easy to sing that song, right? We sang that song today morning. It's so easy to sing that song. As a child, I remember, you know, that used to be my favorite song. Because man, it's so easy to memorize that song, right? I have decided to follow Jesus. Every step that we take for the Lord. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. God was willing to send his son for us. And if there's anybody who cried on that day, it was God. Because he loved his son so much. And today, you know, we take him for so granted, we take him saying that, listen, Lord, thank you. Do we understand how much it hurt him, how much it pained him to see his only son being whiplashed and, you know, being scorched and being beaten up and down, you know, and the blood and the tears and the agony and the pain and everything that he went through. Simply because he said, listen, those people there, if I don't pay this price, They are never going to come. They are never going to come. Church, in closing, I know this is not a fancy message. Like I said in the beginning of this series, (laughs) amongst all the series that I have ever shared here, this is probably the only series that you are going to say, "Ah, that's not a series I really like. Because it's painful. It's heavy. It demands a lot, you know, from us. And we're thinking that, Danny, I understand all of these things. But there's too much that you're asking for. There's too much demands. There's too much of this. Listen. If we will not understand this now, we will never understand it in our walk with the Lord. God is expecting a heavy commitment and a heavy price that you paid for. Why? Why? because he wants to get this. He wants to release his outload of love, outload of blessings, you know, so that you can enjoy and you can live the life of abundance which Jesus said that you can have here on this earth. Can we close our eyes and look to the Lord? That really spoke to me and I pray that it spoke to you as well. I want you to remember this. It doesn't matter what you're going through and where you're at. Our Heavenly Father is always with you. I want to say this, if you need prayer or you want to reach out to us, send us an email or DM us on Instagram. You know, let us know if we can serve you in any way. Just a reminder, don't forget to subscribe so that you can tune in with us again. And I'm really hoping to see you next week.